Have you ever heard people ask you, Hey, Tzadik, come do a mitzvah. Have you done a mitzvah today? Well, you're sure likely to hear it if you ever walk in Israel. You know, the Hasidic Jews, they come up to random people, Tzadik, Tzadik, meaning righteous, right? They call you righteous first and then ask you to do a mitzvah. How does that work? I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not one of them. But that doesn't make sense, right? Why would you go to a random, complete stranger and call him righteous, Tzadik? Tzadik, Tzadik, did you put on tefillin today? What does that even mean? What is a tefillin? And, and why would you call him Tzadik and then ask him if he puts a tefillin? Obviously, if he's Tzadik, he already kept all the commandments because that is what Tzadik means. So why would you call someone Tzadik and ask him if he put on tefillin, which is not even a commandment, but is supposedly a reminder to keep the commandments? But that's another story. See, what we really say and what we really mean is kind of like... Hey, you know, tzaddik or whatever, let's say you call a man and ask him, Hey, did you give a girl some flowers today? Not your wife, a girl. Did you give a girl some flowers today? That's pretty much what we're asking you, right? Because we're not asking you about any commitment that you've made. We're not asking, hey, did you give your wife flowers today? We say, did you give any girl? Did you just give anybody flowers today? Did you do something for someone? Well, that's kind of an odd question, isn't it? See, the mitzvah by itself, the commandment, anyone, any one in particular, doesn't give you any credit. So you can, you know, read the Torah and people say, don't steal. Oh, okay, I won't steal. You know, don't cheat. Oh, okay, I won't cheat. You know, don't murder. Okay, I don't murder. Well, what credit is it to you? None. The commandments, much like giving flowers to a girl, only gives you credit when you are in a committed relationship. And I don't mean girlfriend, boyfriend, I mean husband, wife, which a committed commitment, which is a covenant. You're not committed to your girlfriend, but there is no such thing as a girlfriend. That's not biblical, that doesn't exist. That's a made up excuse to have sexual relations without a covenant, without the protection and provision of a man. See, for a woman to give up her virginity, her most treasured possession, which is herself, her intimacy, right? You can only be a virgin once. The one she gives it to must also make an offering and give her something. And that something is a covenant of covering, to be her covering, to protect, to provide, to lead her to her maker, to the father, to be an intercessor, much like Yeshua is to us. He is our spiritual covering, our high priest, intercedes on our behalf. And that is why Yeshua only looks for virgins, right? We know the 144 virgins, we are to be like a virgin without spot or blemish. Every animal sacrificed must be a virgin. A year-old lamb without spot or blemish, never had any yoke. Virgins, it's another word for pure, something that hasn't been defiled. So if you have a girlfriend and you're defiling each other continually, that's not holy. She is not your wife. There is no covering. There is no covenant. You do not provide for her. She is not your wife. If something happens to her, what do you do? You break up. <laughs> you're not committed to her. There's no commitment there. See, a commitment is more than a contract. It is something internal, something spiritual that you make up your mind, you make up a decision for better or worse, as you say in the altar, and actually mean it. 
Many people say it, but few actually mean it. What they really mean is for better or else. Or else what? Or else I'm out of here. <laughs> right? I mean, look at the statistics. I don't even keep tracks anymore. But last time I checked, it was like 73% divorce rate in, in modern society. 73, that's like three out of four marriages fail. Well, what happens to the wars? What happens to the sickness? Right? Everybody only stay when things are good. When things are bad, well, they, they bounce. Because there's no real commitment. You're a liar. There's no covenant. There's a contract. So you spend all this money on girls who are not even your wives. There's no covenant between the two of you. There's no commitment. And, and not only that, so you have, you know, many different girlfriends before you finally settle down, right? That's what you call it nowadays. Well, uh, it's time for me to settle down. It's like, so yeah, you ended up, you defiled 16 different girls, or 16 or 60, talking about modern society with their Tinder apps, right? After you defiled 60 different girls, daughters of another man, by the way, yes, daughters of someone else that you've defiled with your penis, and now it's time for you to settle down, start a family, put the past behind me. So what if I'm a devil? I'll put the past and now I'll have girls. I'll have children of my own. Yeah, and then you go and protect your daughter, right? Eh, no, you don't. <laughs> Actually, you're probably the reason why your daughter is out there slotting herself to the highest bidder, which really is no bidder at all. Someone give her a flower, give her a ride after school. Oh, Johnny, you're so good to me. Hey, Johnny, why don't you sleep with me? Yeah, your daughter is a prostitute because she really wants her father, but you're a wimpass of a father, so she tries to find a male figure in any man who would even look at her and call her pretty. Oh, you're so nice. You called me pretty. Oh, oh, I love you, Johnny. Yeah, and of course, Johnny treats her like a slut that she is. <laughs> but it's not her fault, really. It's yours, because she's your daughter. And, and after all, you were just like Johnny with her mother and all the other girls that you've been dating throughout your entire life, because you've never made a commitment and a covenant to be one with somebody. Meaning, you for her and her for you. See, it works the exact same way with God. It is a matter of a covenant. It is not the random mitzvahs that give you any credit. You can give random girls chocolates and flowers and, and foot massage, you name it. But unless you make that girl your wife, unless you marry her, and make an eternal covenant. You say, till death do us part, right? Until death, meaning it is unbreakable, till the day I die. You make that covenant, now you get credit for keeping the commandments. Now you get credit for giving her a foot massage. Now you get credit for giving her flowers, providing for her, taking care of her when she's sick. Well, she's your wife. That's your job. That's your duty. That is the relationship. It's an eternal relationship. Now you get credit because you're doing it under the covenant, under the commitment. She's not a stranger anymore. She's not someone you give flowers to now. And, you know, six months later, she's dating another guy and everything you've done for her is gone. No, you start building your track record. You build your your account statement, right? Your, your checking balance. You start making deposits into the relationships. That's how it is with God. See, what good is it to keep a commandment if you're not committed to God, if you don't have a covenant with Him, if you haven't made that decision for Him to be your God and for you 
to be his child, to be his people. That is what God did with Israel. Mount Sinai, he gave them the Torah. Well, what is the Torah? It's the Ketubah. It's God's requirement for what he desires from those under his covenant. It wasn't given to everyone. It wasn't given to the nations. It was given particularly for the people of Israel whom have said, we will hear and do everything the Lord has told us to do. They enter the covenant. See, the Torah might be a little confusing to you because in a relationship between a man or a woman, you know that both have needs. You know, your wife needs, you know, to you to provide, bring home the food, bring home the money, and you need her to, you know, take care of the children, clean around the house, do the cooking. You all have your own individual roles where you contribute to the relationships. You all have demands. You need different things from each other. That's what makes it work. You live as a living sacrifice for one another. That is love. It is selfless, not selfish. You do for the other, and the other does for you. That's what makes it work. See, it works exactly the same way with God. God has his requirements, such as be holy, pursue righteousness and justice, don't oppress the widows, don't oppress the orphans, don't oppress anyone for that matter. Do what is right, be moral, be pure, do not violate the sanctity of marriage, and all the other good laws that teach the people of Israel how to separate and sanctify themselves from the rest of the people. But see, the people of Israel have needs too. They're not really mentioned in the Torah, but God talks about it. He said, if you do what I tell you to do and keep the covenant, you see all of that sickness that I brought on Egypt? You will have none of it. All of those barren wombs of the past? You will have none of it. There will not be even one barren womb in Israel. No sickness, no disease. The land will produce its wonderful produce. Everything will be great for you. I will provide for you your immunity. I will provide your food, your water, your shelter, your wealth, your education, your oxygen. Everything you need, God provides. See, we don't need to tell God what we need because he already knows better than us, really. If we have told God what we need and he would only do what we told him, we would die. Because we don't know what we need. All that blood cells inside of us, the immunes, the minerals, the vitamins, the, the symbiotic relationships between all of our organs. We have no idea, but God does. And he's faithful. God holds up his end of the covenant. Not us. But see, God only gave Israel those blessings after they made a covenant. Think about that. Abraham, when did he get Yitzchak? After the covenant. When did he get the promise? After the covenant, not before. First, you got to be committed. See, and, and, and when you read it, you got to take into consideration it's a different time, different people. When you say something, it counts. Your word is your bond. Not today it isn't, but, you know, in an actual world, in the real meaning of it, it does. Abraham said, I will. Well, that's it. God doesn't need you to convince. He doesn't need you to say it five times. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, I will. Oh, I promise I will. No, it's unnecessary. You say you will? Okay, then. There you have it. It doesn't need to be extra fancy and extra ribbons and whistles and bells. No. If people do that, it's probably because they're lying and they're trying to convince you even though they know they're lying. That's what men do. Women do. 
give you a bunch of flowers and kisses and chocolates, and you know they're out there cheating on you, <laughs> right? Because it's a different time. It's a different people. You are not holy. You are not like Abraham. Yeshua told them, you are not children of Abraham. Don't call yourself children of Abraham. God can raise up rocks to be children of Abraham. Because what separated Abraham was his spirit, not his DNA of the flesh. You might have some of that, you know, probably. You know, Abraham is the father of many nations. You might have had some DNA coming from him, but that doesn't mean anything because your spirit is of an uncircumcised heart. Abraham had circumcision at 99 years old. Would you? I don't think so. You don't love God that much. <laughs> so you have to remember that commandments by themselves give you nothing. You get no glory, you get no credit, and you're definitely not saved. But also a covenant without keeping the commandments give you nothing. Because you have to do both. How can you be in a covenant unless you uphold the terms of that particular covenant, which is the Torah? Be holy. Do not violate my holy laws. Keep my holy Shabbat. Keep my holy days. Eat clean food. Right? Everything in the spirit, it all matters. It matters to God. If he didn't, he wouldn't give it to the people of Israel. Yeshua said, what did he say? Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given to you. So you have to seek the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? What did he say? The kingdom of God is where? Inside of you. It's already here. It's inside of you, in your spirit. Because you have to work on your character development. You have to refine yourself, purify yourself, sanctify yourself for God. And how do you do that? You write the Torah on your heart. Before Yeshua, they did it with the scroll. They read it again and again and again and study and apply and study and apply to the best of their abilities. See, nobody ever got it right 100%. We know that. But it wasn't about getting it right. It, about, it was about the commitment to do the best you can to get it right. Not about doing the mitzvah, but being committed to doing the mitzvahs. And that's what counts as righteousness. Abraham, right? We know he lied. Moshe was a murderer. No, David was an adulterer, right? Everybody failed. Every man have sinned. We know that. But they were all committed to God. They did not rebel against him. They did not say, I don't care what your law says. I'm not doing it like you do. You don't even want to study the Torah. You don't care to know the law. See, it's one thing if you want to know the law and you mess up. Well, yeah, you're human. Well, it's going to happen. Weakness of the flesh. But do you want to? Do you really have a desire to get it right? They did. I do. Stephen does. But most of you do not. You don't care. Because it's not about that. You're not committed to God. You have no true covenant with Him. You're just kind of dating Him. Just giving Him some flowers every now and then. You know, giving a little tithe offering. Just saying a little prayer. Going to church every now and then. And that's it. Well, you get no credit. It gives you absolutely nothing. Might as well break up now. Go date someone else. <laughs> or marry someone else for that matter. I mean, if you're not going to marry God. Well, God said this way or another. But it's the lukewarm people that God hates the most. If you don't find God worthy of your time and your covenant and your commitment, God doesn't want you. Like we say, if you like it, put a ring on it. 
if you don't put a ring on God, if he's not worthy in your eyes, in your opinion, yes, obviously you are not worthy of him. But if you find him not to be worthy of your time, then stop mocking him. You're only making things worse for yourself. Because don't worry, God does not forget. He understands you better than you understand yourself. He knows your deepest thoughts. He knows your deepest desires. He knows exactly who you are, who you were, and who you are going to be. And you will get judged. So I'm telling you, if you're not willing to commit to God in a covenant, not a contract, but a covenant, you might as well stop trying. Go pursue something else. Go, go chase some girls down the beach. It'll be better off for you. At least that way you won't be taking his name in vain. You hypocrites.
to you. 